The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. We got a lot to celebrate. We got a lot to be happy about in this world as I am talking to you right now as you're within the sound of my voice. First of all, we got ourselves a fine little program for the next 60 minutes. It's going to be an absolute blast. We got great topics. We got great stories. We got a great guest coming up in the next segment. Lindsay Kirkendall, friend of the podcast, is going to be joining us. She's got her new six-figure music business program coming out. Excited to talk to her all about it. So that's pretty good news. Also good news, my six-months-old slept through the night for the first time, which means... <laughs> Yours truly slept through the night for the first time in six months, so I, I got a I got a big smile on my face. I am shockingly well rested for a new parent. And as if there wasn't enough good news, we got some more here for you in the form of the co-host we get to hang out with this week. So excited to have Katie Zaccardi with us for the first time in 2023. Hi, Katie. Hi, Ryan. It has been too long. I, you know, it was 2022 the last time you joined us and we've missed you terribly around here. How are you? I am good. I also missed you guys. I was off for a little bit in uh, New York for the holidays, but now I'm back hitting the ground running in January and glad to be here. Is a blast. We do, we love your perspective. We love what you bring as an artist, coach, as a mental health advocate for indie creators, as our resident TikTok aficionado. There's a lot <laughs> that Katie Zaccardi brings to the table, viewers and listeners. And so every time she's here, we get a little more smarter about the music industry. And if I'm not mistaken, Katie, you told me before the show that you actually know a little bit about our guest this week, Lindsay Kirkendall. Uh, you have any good stories for us? Anything that we should be excited about in this interview? I do. So Lindsay and I pretty much know each other just from like the coaching circles. So um, I haven't actually met her in person, which is always very funny because like, I feel like when you are an online coach and even now if you're a musician online, you make friends on the internet <laughs> and then you just sort of, you know, talk about what you're going through or, or just make even loose connections with people and sort of have this like, it's not even really a parasocial relationship because you actually know each other, but it's just kind of funny because you never actually met in person, but you like still know the person. So that's me, Lindsay. I think she's great. And um, I'm really looking forward to chatting with her later. How does it work with artist coaches? Like where, where you're both in the same game and you're, and you're, is it like a sense of camaraderie because you all have the same goal of wanting to help and empower creators and make them the best selves yeah. Or is there kind of a rivalry there? Are you, um, are you, you know, <laughs> I would say like, like you love her, but you're kind of trying to destroy her. No, 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 no. I think that like, I don't know, maybe this is a bad belief to have, but like, I feel like in any industry, there's probably always going to be someone who's like not as friendly or like only in it for themselves. But I feel like in general and my experience when it comes to being a coach online is that like, most people, pretty much everyone I've interacted with has been like super welcoming, supportive, collaborative. And that's where I think that we're able to um, connect with people. Like a lot of times when I am connecting with other coaches, especially people who I don't know and I'm building a new relationship for or with, it's like coming from a place of collaboration and how can we support each other? Like, how can I support you? How can you support me? So, you know, yeah, there's like, we're all sharing the same audience and then we kind of have niches within that audience. And some of us are teaching similar things, but we all recognize that we bring something new to the table. And like, in my opinion, I feel like collaboration and just building each other up, building the positive message that messages that we support, even if it's not our own up is like for the benefit of the music industry as a whole. 
that fits your profile. That tracks <laughs> when I think of Katie Zaccardi. Of course, you're going to take an abundance mindset to all of this, right? The yeah. more I give back to the world and give back to my fellow coaches, the more I get back in return. And most importantly, the more that artists get helped. This is exciting. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you're going to be chatting with her. And I read, Katie, that Lindsay is a is a hypnotist, among other things. So she's she coaches artists, but she also does... Like she's like a hypnotist and apparently she can use some of that, like with the artists that she works with. Like, is that a thing? Like you can hypnotize artists to be better artists. What, what is this about? (laughs) So it's called hypnotherapy. I'm actually in the process of getting a certification myself. So I'm right now doing an NLP time techniques, hypnotherapy and life coaching and EFT certification. And all of that probably just sounds like a lot of words. Um, or letters, I guess, which it kind of is. But um, basically, it's this understanding that like, our minds are really powerful. And we can sort of like, by changing our minds, and we can change our behaviors by changing our behaviors, we can change our results. So by working with like the subconscious mind, and just how our brain actually works, you can, you know, essentially change your reality. So with hypnotherapy, it's, um, I'm no expert yet, but it is a really interesting way to just work with like your limiting beliefs or, you know, things that you want, goals that you have by really just reworking that subconscious mind. So it's not like, you know, okay, you're going to go under three, two, one, go like, you know, quack like a duck. Yeah, but- <laughs> like a chicken. Yeah. That's not the goal. Although no. if I was given that power, I would probably abuse it in that fashion. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't even know if I don't even know if you could with hypnotherapy, but I for sure would try to do what I can. You know, that's kind of like very powerful to actually be able to hypnotize people. I feel like. And <laughs> um, I, I but anyway, yeah, I... it's more meditative. It's more like meditative and and rewiring re- rewiring the subconscious so you see changes. But you're not like, you know, like you're not like snapping out of it and being like, oh, I feel like a completely different person and I'm have a British accent now. I don't think I've ever been hypnotized before, but I feel like if I was the person who would have done it would have covered their tracks really well and like wiped my memory of it. Like the people whenever you see like the sitcom where the character is hypnotized, like they have no memory of them clucking like a chicken. And so for all I know, Katie, you might have like done this to me at some point and and then you've just wiped my knowledge of it. No, it's not like Marvel. Yeah, that's what you you would say if you've done this before. I'm on to you. It's not Thanos. We're not like snapping away your memory. (laughs) But, Um, uh, or are we? Yeah, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, th- we're, yeah, okay, now you got me way more intrigued about this. I can't wait to talk to uh, Lindsay and you more about this to find out more about this because that sounds absolutely wild. Since you've been on the show last, Katie, we've done a few kind of renovations to our standard operating procedure around here that I think you might find interesting. Okay. Uh, one of which is what we're going to do right now, which has become, I think, our most popular segment lately which is the AI overlord tip of the week. And let me tell you what we do here, all right? Uh, We've done this for like the last five or six weeks now where we have the AI platform ChatGPT automatically generate a tip of the week for our indie creators. We did it one week as a joke, and then the advice that the AI platform gave was so good that the listeners (laughs) were like, we want you to do this every week now. So. That's what we do. And then it became so popular that we actually created imaging for it. And so here we go. This is the AI Overlord Tip of the Week. There you go. I love it. Theme song, first of all. (laughs) It's pretty spectacular. I mean, like every week this segment gets better and better because like, you know, now there's imaging for it. And and once again, our AI overlord does not disappoint. All we did was go into Chad GPT and not give it any prompting or anything. Just say, 
I host a podcast about empowering independent creators. Please give us a tip of the week. That's all I give it. I don't ask for a topic or a subtopic or anything. And it just gives us this tip. And here's our tip of the week this week from our AI overlord. Share your talents and interests outside of your art with your fans. This is important because it helps to humanize you and make you relatable to your audience. It also helps your fans to get to know you better and connect with you on a deeper level. Additionally, sharing your passions and hobbies can help to grow your audience by appealing to people who share those interests. For example, if you're a musician and you're also into photography, you could share some of your photography on your social media or on your YouTube or TikTok channel. This way, you'll attract not only music fans, but also photography enthusiasts. I feel like this overlord is in my head. We've been doing advice like this for a while where we talk about how a great way to engage yourself with your fans is to bring in your non-artistic interests and make it part of what you present to the world. If you like cooking, if you like photography and you're good at those things, show your fans those things so that they get a more complete picture of you. I'm sure you give similar advice in your coaching practice. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm going to be out of a job. Like, I'm so scared week. of the AI overlord. You know what's really weird? Like, universe kind of weird? I was just in the dog park literally three hours ago, four hours ago. And and my friend was telling me about the chat. What is it? Chat G Chat GPT. Chat GPT. I've all I, I Chat GPT stands for something and is I've already B forgotten what it is. Is it B or P? G P is in Paul T. Okay. okay. Well, anyway, he's telling me about this for the first time. I only heard about it for the first time in my life four hours ago. And he's like, what? Yeah, so cool. You can, you can, you can put anything into it. And it's freaking has the whole internet since 2000 or whatever. And it's crazy. And it could do all this stuff. And he was like talking about how all these things that he does. I, this is, I was so, it's just so synchronistic because I had no idea you guys were doing this. Cause I haven't listened to the last few episodes of the podcast yet. And I only heard about this today and it's like, it was preparing me for this episode. That is insane. Wait, stop everything. Like for, forget about the tip of the week for a second. Like, so you've just came upon like Chad GPT and these AI bots and everything. Like if you've only just gotten exposed to it, like I want to make sure you understand like how powerful this platform is because it I is think, incredible. But I don't even know. Yeah. Feel free to, because like, like I said, I, I didn't even know for some reason I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know about it until so recently. That's it, crazy. It's incredible. Like I, I can tell you, like I work in education, right? I, I work in higher ed. And right now this chat GPT thing is scaring the crap out of all of education because it has like turbocharged plagiarism. Because you can have, like, you know, write a 500-word essay on the French Revolution. I can research it and, you know, do the work. Or I can tell ChatGPT, write me a 500-word essay on the French Revolution, and it'll write you at least a B-plus essay in three-tenths of a second. It is that a, and, fast? And, Are and you it's, serious? And it's that good. Like, it sounds human. Like, you could, but, like, I've asked ChatGPT all kinds of crazy things. Like, you could, ask, like, I said... Write me an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine where all of the characters have been replaced by Muppets. And it does it. And it was a very great episode where I got to see Chief O'Brien being played by Swedish Chef. And it was incredible. Okay. First of all, when was this unleashed to the world? Maybe six weeks ago. Maybe a month ago. Okay. So it is recent. And, and it my is friend recent. Was this is like a version one, which is even scarier because it basically means that as they improve upon it, like it's just going to run the whole world, essentially. It, it has only begun. And and what it means for creators is is equal parts exciting and also horrifying, right? Because yeah. I think it can be used as a tool for creators, right? A, a lot of creators have talked about how they've used ChatGPT to help them give them song ideas, right? Because a lot of songwriters, they need a couple ideas just to kind of get the ball rolling and get them started. And GPT is very good with that. Similarly, there are other content creators who are afraid that like this thing is going to put every blogger out of business. Yeah. Because this thing, you know, like you think about like articles on digital music news or Hypebot or something like that, that are written by music industry experts like you and me. And GPT could write one of these, and it might sound just like something that you and I would write, you know, maybe not 
as good, but good enough that you might be willing to have him do it so you don't have to pay you or me to write it. Like that's yeah. that's kind of where we are. And it's that authentic. And it's going to be interesting to see where the industry goes and, and what this means for creators. But anyway, I think the tip that the AI overlord came up with is certainly a pretty powerful and important one. And it's yeah. it's something that the best artists, I think, do really well. And, and when, when I when I am working with artists, it's one of the things that I have them do first, where before we get kind of deep into anything involving their career, the first thing I tell them is get out a sheet of paper and write down a list of all the things that you're good at and all the things that you love, not even things that have anything to do with the art that you make, but just, are you good at football? Are you good at poker? Is there a TV show that you like? Do you enjoy pottery? Do you enjoy cooking? Whatever it is, write it all down. And then let's come up with creative ways to incorporate those likes and those interests and those things that you're good at into what you put out into the world to give your fans a more complete picture of you, or maybe even find interesting ways to combine your out of music interests with your in music interests. Like you like doing makeup. Okay. Do a makeup tutorial while your music's playing in the background and you've, and you have an interesting way to put your content out there. I love this kind of advice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I teach my clients the same thing. We usually go through like a brand pillar and then personal connection point exercise. The brand pillar is being like, what is your main message that comes through in your music and that you like to talk about. But this is more of like the personal connection points, which are so important because people need to see that you're human. They need to see that you, I believe it or not, have other interests that aren't music because sometimes it is really so like single-minded when all you're talking about is like living and breathing and dying music. People want to like talk about what was on TV or the latest, you know, record from their favorite artist or baking or like literally anything because it shows that you're human and that you are relatable on other levels. So I have to agree with the bot. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not just saying that because we're sucking up to our AI overlord. <laughs> Although that not probably has a lot to do with it. Um, <laughs> all right. So speaking of things that have been different since you have uh, been on the show last, Katie, mm -hmm. if you have not noticed already, although I think you did, uh, you will, you have, uh, since the last time we spoke, I have finally taken your advice and have created a TikTok profile. Snaps. I think hey. I followed you. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Um, you can find me at TikTok at Rye the Law Guy. You, and, and I'm glad you're happy for me. I'm happy too, because I mean, even though I've only been on TikTok for a few weeks now and I'm just starting to get into it, it's everything that I wanted Twitter to be for me. Like the engagement is so much more authentic. I'm getting yep. real interactions from people. Unlike with Twitter, where I feel like I'm just shouting into the void and there's like nothing coming back. Like the people yeah. on TikTok are, are are cool. They're interacting with me. I'm getting conversations going. I'm, I'm connecting with people and I am not limited to 140 characters. And that's really exciting to me. And, but more than anything else, what I've enjoyed most about TikTok are the folks that I've, the accounts that I've like sort of just fallen in love with on the platform, yours included, Katie. I very much Thank enjoy you. anytime you make it across <laughs> my for you page. But the account that I've become most obsessed with is a group of musicians that I've seen on YouTube before, but they're particularly good on TikTok. Are you familiar, Katie, with the band Walk Off the Earth? Uh yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that even if you don't think you know them, you know them because their YouTube videos are iconic. Uh, most people, they've seen videos of like a group of musicians that are, you know, five musicians all playing the same guitar at the same time or musicians that have hooked electrodes up to fruit and are like hitting the fruit like drums playing instruments. They do these kind of wild kooky videos, this band yeah. Walk Off the Earth. And they are amazing on TikTok and their songs are incredible and I've fallen in love with their account and you know because of the really interesting videos they do but the most recent one they've put out or the most recent major one they've put out I think is like the the rare like achievement above all their other achievements in terms of the amount of engagement it's gotten so walk off the earth has a new single coming out called my stupid heart and it's already all over TikTok it is a really catchy song. I have been singing it nonstop all around my house, much to the annoyance of my family at home for the last several days now. 
But the thing is, even though I've I, it's stuck in my head, I actually haven't heard Walk Off the Moon sing it because their version isn't out on Spotify yet. Okay. The version that I've been hearing is the one of one of their kids singing it, which has been a, t- a TikTok video they put out of the child of one of the members singing My Stupid Heart. And this video has blown up on TikTok. It already has over 41 million views on the platform, and it is surely going to give the song a ton of engagement once it comes out on streaming services. I want you, Katie, to be as obsessed with this song as I am. <laughs> Lauren, can you play the video of the little kid singing My Stupid Heart, please? So, first of all, that little kid is going to be a star. Oh, yeah. Stage presence. Oh, my gosh. Off the charts. The camera loves this little guy. And also worth noting that TikTok loves him, too, because all of the comments that have come out, you know, maybe one out of every 10 of them are, oh, can't wait to hear the new Walk Off the Earth single. The other nine out of 10 are going, hey, are you going to put that kid's version on Spotify too? That's the one we want. He has like perfect pitch. Oh my God. Just beautiful tone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and, and like the way that he hits the, the, the line, if we'll go, if we go down in flames where he's got like the rasp in his voice, I don't know how the kid is four years old and has this like incredibly polished voice and stage presence. Like it's just, just what a natural, but yeah. To me, in addition to just being an amazing video, I think it's a great example of a lesson that artists can learn when you're trying to promote a song on TikTok. I think what most artists do when they have a new song coming out, and you know, no hating on this approach, by the way, for a lot of artists, I suppose it works, but they'll just put the song out on TikTok, offer it as a sound, or maybe they'll make a video of them just playing it on their guitar or just sort of the artist there while the song is playing with some text message saying, hey, my new single's coming out next week. Would love it if you listen to it on Spotify. And most of those approaches, I'm sure you'd be the first one to say, Katie, tend not to break through, tend not to get the algorithm excited because there's so much new music getting launched on TikTok that if you're going to use TikTok as a music launch device, finding a creative way to put the song out there whether it's like what Walk Off the Earth does where they have a version of it where they hook up a bunch of fruit to electrodes or they have all five of their band members playing the same guitar at once or getting your four-year-old kid to sing the crap out of your song, those kind of ideas can make the song go viral. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like surprised and disappointed when I talk to musicians and they're like, and by the way, this is not an original thought. Like many, 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 many people feel this way. And I think it's okay if you do feel this way, but you got to get yourself out of this box in order to be successful. And the like thought is like, I don't want to do TikTok. It's such a chore. I don't want to have to promote myself. Like it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. But I feel like TikTok can be such an opportunity to just be creative. It's like, you're a musician. You love being creative. You love to create music. You love to probably create other things like your show and maybe merch and, you know, just other, you know, other experiences. TikTok is just another experiences. Like let this be an opportunity for you to continue to get creative instead of having it be like, okay, I was creative and now I have to sell and it's so sad and mean and bad. Like, no, it's actually just, if you create more fun or relatability or whatever it is, depending on, you know, what kind of artist you are, but if you create value and if you create, if you just create the app and the people on it are going to value that and they're going to engage with you and they're going to give you that energy back. But if you do approach it from like, I'm so annoyed that I have to do this, I guess go listen to my new song. Here it is. 
no one's going to want to do that because they want to be entertained. They want to like feel seen and hurt and heard and all of those things. And so letting it just be an opportunity to create more and like create a new ways instead of it feeling like a chore is such a game changer. And I wish that more artists did that because then you get fun stuff like this that yeah. everyone loves. Think about what, what sort of value add, what sort of addition can you do to just putting your song out there to allow that the way that you put that song out there to be distinctive, to cut through the clutter of all of the other artists who are just trying to get their music on TikTok and get it out there. You know who was great at this? You know, we uh, was Chasen. Remember, we had him on mm -hmm. a few yeah. months ago, right? Like he had this song that was a great song. And I think if he were to just put that song out on TikTok, just here's my song, it wouldn't have broke through. But he had this really nifty idea of I'm going to play this song in interesting random places throughout Los Angeles. And I'm going to make a TikTok video or a series of TikTok videos where I do that. Oh, here I am playing it at a barbershop or I'm playing it in a public bathroom or I'm playing it on the Break the Business radio show. And then people got interested in, oh, where is he going to play this song next? And yeah. that and that got the engagement going. He, he took his song, a great song, and figured out how to add on to it, how to build onto it with a TikTok video to make that video distinctive and to help it break through. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think a lot of musicians would kind of counter this with like, well, isn't my music value enough? Like, isn't that, shouldn't that be enough? And it's not to say that your music isn't valuable because it is, and it is value, but there is a lower barrier to entry now for being in music and being on TikTok, which is not a bad thing. It is a good thing because it's more accessible for people, but it does mean that there is more saturation than there was before. And if you want to get heard like to the masses beyond the like, you know, two or 300 views that pretty much anyone could get on TikTok, you have to do something that's going to make people stop the scroll and listen to a stranger. Because you have to remember, you are a stranger until you're not, but you are a stranger to people. So what's going to make them care? It's seeing it in a unique way or, you know, just showcasing it in a way that really highlights you know these aspects whether it's your voice or the fact that you're singing an acapella with you know a couple other people in your band like just figuring out ways to make it really engaging and unique is going to put you i don't want to say put you ahead of other people because that makes it sound like a competition it's not but i think it's just gonna algorithmic algorithmically push your video a little bit further than it might otherwise go i think that's exactly right and you know, apologies in advance for you now, Katie Zuccardi, because I know you're going to have this song stuck in your head now. But <laughs> I think when does it you're going to. Do you know? No, I have no idea. They haven't said like at least as we record this. I don't think they've announced the release date yet. Wow. But as far as I'm concerned, but like I think at this point, like the walk off the earth people are like, well, what do we do now? Because this went from being just a cute little idea to a legitimately viral thing. Like 41 yeah. million views is a ton of views yeah. on TikTok. And, you know, it's probably, I think it's the most viewed video they have in an account that has a lot of very heavily viewed videos. So now they're, they're probably sort of regrouping and figuring out, all right, how do we build off of this? We've caught lightning in a bottle. What else could we be doing with this to really maximize this? Because when this song goes out on Spotify, it might go from being just a quirky internet hit to being a legitimate charting hit. And they mm -hmm. got to figure out how to handle that which is of course a very good problem to have, yeah. but it, it's going to be interesting. And, and certainly I'm following it religiously and I really hope they put out a version of that song where it's just the kids singing it because boy, that kid, <laughs> oh, he's so good. Yeah, he is. We are going to take ourselves a quick break and then we're going to be back with our friend, Lindsay Kirkendall joining us on break the business. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ryan Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida.
Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. So, Katie Zaccardi, you know what the other really cool thing about that video is? Like, as I think about how amazing that little kid singing My Stupid Heart is in that TikTok video of the Walk Off the Earth song, mm-hmm. is how much that kid is just making a meal of that song. Because like, here's what I know about like four, every four-year-old performer I've ever seen, no matter how talented they are, no matter how much they can sing the crap out of the song in front of their parents, the moment that you try to get that kid to sing that song to anybody other than their parents, what do they do? Hide. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. They, they hide behind their, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Not this kid. This kid's like, Point me to the camera, point me to the microphone. I'm going to sing the crap out of this song. Legend. The kid's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. He like he has superstar energy. Like he knows he knows he's good and he wants to show it off. And I love that for him. I love it. Well, speaking of superstar energy, excited to be chatting with our guest right now. By the way, you're checking out Break the Business. We're on all the major podcast platforms, Sirius XM 145, all that. Wherever you're checking us out, happy to have you. Our guest this week is an acclaimed music business consultant and artist coach. She is the creator of the Artist Mentorship Program Revolution, which this month is launching its six-figure music business program. You can find out more about our guest work by visiting www.lindsaykirkendall.com. We are happy to welcome Lindsay Kirkendall on to Break the Business. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm <Welcome>. laughing <laughs> because it's, it's just funny to hear it www.lindsaykirkendall.com. Welcome, Lindsay Kirkendall. <laughs> I know. It's it's always awkward when the website is the same name, but right? here we are. We all but at least we didn't like, you know, stop and like think about it a lot and talk about it a lot. <laughs> right. And we just kept it moving. Now yeah. we're stuck here now. So Lindsay Kirkendall, excited to have you on the show again. It's been entirely too long. I think I saw you mentioning in the green room that you love walk off the earth. And you seem pretty excited that we were talking about it in the previous segment. Well, it was funny because I didn't even know they existed, but I'm a big walk the moon fan, like love me some walk the moon. And I don't remember even who I was telling it, this was years ago, but I was saying something about walk the moon and they were like, Oh yeah, I love that band. And they were describing walk off the earth. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, that's not who I'm referring to. Who is this other band? And so that's actually how I found Walk Up the Earth was because I, of my love for Walk the Moon. I love it when Walk the Moon uh, plays the drums with the avocados. They're so <laughs> true. Yeah. No. yeah. Um, like, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't remember that album. Um, well, we're, we're thrilled to have you here. And, you know, ex- we, we always appreciate when we can get your perspective on coaching and about um, marketing and indie creator marketing, things like that. Uh, because I've know you've spoken in the past, Lindsay, about how you tend not to subscribe to the view of traditional marketing methods working for indie creators. You always say that, you know, those kind of methods, the old school marketing methods don't really work in this industry for indie creators. So why not? And what marketing methods do work in your opinion? Um, well, yes, that is true. I do. I do subscribe to that theory. Um, and having worked, you know, my, my corporate background is in a couple of different areas, but my, my last like corporate music industry job, I was actually doing radio and I was in the radio department. Um, and so it was always interesting to me when I would come across other independent artists that were really going after radio because I was going, man, do you have any idea how much this costs a, and how little return there is, even for label artists. 
And as someone who has a business mind, I'm always looking at return on investment, whether it's, you know, monetary or just double bottom line, you know, emotional equity kind of. And so, you know, in the work and in the conversations that I've had with artists, I'm always look, going, I'm not so sure you fully understand what the return on investment is here and how all this, this really works together. And so, yeah, I mean, the way I like to look at it is broadcast marketing and then everything else. And I think most artists, because we've always, or all of us have lived in, you know, a world where we've only seen it done one way, right? We understand advertising the way we've been advertised to. And so when it comes to marketing and now we have social media, we're using those kind of old school patterns and paradigms to market in a broadcast way on a platform that isn't broadcast. So we're applying methods that work for radio or print or even commercials and other broadcast platforms where it's a one-to-many conversation to social media where it's meant to feel one-to-one. Even though it is one-to-many, it's meant to feel one-to-one and more intimate. So I always joke that it's like, you know, when you jump on social media and you're putting a post together, and I know you guys were talking a little bit about this um, before I jumped in, but, you know, when you're when you're speaking to your audience and you're just talking about just your music all the time and it's overly formal and you're just hitting the highlights and there's no soul behind it. It kind of feels like a watch salesman. That's like (laughs) showing you his wares, you know, and, and then the audience feels sold too. And it, it, you know, there's not a whole lot of engagement on the other end. And what happens for the artist, which I think is sad is that the artist isn't receiving the feedback And it's not because their work isn't great. It's because they're applying these old school marketing principles to new school tools that really doesn't honor the platform. And then they feel like their work doesn't have value or isn't getting um, or isn't valid. And they get frustrated and throw in the towel. And it sounds like what you're saying is that the trick to it, to this new form of marketing is you know, to lean away from the broadcast approach and to make your presence online, whether it's social media or otherwise, feel more like a one-on-one authentic conversation. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, I think it's interesting. I was actually um, in a class the other day and they were talking about social media from like a real estate perspective. And they were saying how important the art of storytelling is from a psychology standpoint. And that's one piece that, you know, social media, we're all figuring it out as we go. You know, sure, there are some people that are experts, but I mean, for the love of God, this thing has only been around a couple of decades. You know, no one can really claim expert status yet. It's still the Wild West. And so, um, you know, when it comes to being effective, understanding these little hacks or or these little pieces of how humans behave like hey storytelling actually is the thing that psychologically helps people remember and makes it easier to sell which is what we're all doing whether we're aware of it or not (laughs) you know when you understand that it makes it makes all the marketing easier and i know katie you were saying a minute ago nice to see you by the way i know Um, hi Um, I feel like we look like we're twins right now. Like I was the hair thinking the, the same exact and thing. The whole thing. Um, but yeah, we had a great amount of coordination happening. Before we the show do. Yeah. I, it was, there's some synergy happening. I'm um, sorry. I didn't get the memo. I would have, I, had, know, like, you I would have had my like, you know, uh, blonde black shirt with my blonde highlights. <laughs> yeah. Told you there was synergy. <laughs> that just derailed my train of thought, and it's all Sorry. Ryan's fault. That happens around here. <laughs> uh, I don't know what we were saying. What, what <laughs> we were saying? Storytelling. Storytelling. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and something else. <laughs> Storytelling is important, and knowing knowing how to tell effective stories is what will ultimately engage your audience. So it's not that you're your work isn't valuable or valued or good. It's just that you haven't yet acquired the skill of knowing how to communicate its value to your audience in a way that helps them understand it too. Um, And I think one of the things that I was trying to point out was Katie, you said something earlier about, you know, people get so sheepish about, I need to promote myself in sales and, but 
it's not when when you can think of it in terms of storytelling and you can think of it in terms of just helping people understand your value it kind of can shift it and i i always say like as artists as a community of artists it's incumbent upon us to communicate our value to our audience and get good at that that's the skill that we need to develop as artists i think in this digital era because if we can't effectively communicate our value Ain't no one going to buy. So, yeah. Wow. I, that, that, that's, uh, that's so important. And, you know, I, I will say it's something that I think Katie's really great at with her TikToks. Every time I stumble upon one of her videos, I feel like she's talking just to me. Like it's, you know, us doing the podcast together. Yeah. And it really creates something more authentic that I feel like if she was just broadcasting her coaching messages. I, oh, I could I could ask you a bunch of follow-ups about that, but if I can be real with you, Lindsay, sure. Katie and I were talking uh, in the first segment about something that I know you have a background in, uh, which is uh, hypnotherapy. You just became a licensed hypnotherapist. <laughs> and did. ever since Katie, who is also in training for this, explained to me like how coaches can use this ability to help creators, it's all I want to talk about. So... <laughs> It's I, so I, juicy. Like that sounds incredible. Yeah, it's so good. So, I mean, I had no idea. First of all, I didn't know that hypno anything was actually a thing, right? I thought it was just like something that they did to people on sitcoms to make them cluck like chickens. Right. But apparently, at least from what you're telling me, it's a valuable therapy tool. It can be used to help indie creators. Tell me about this. I am so intrigued. Yeah, it's definitely not swinging something in front of your eyes and saying you're getting very sleepy. Damn it. Um, I really wanted that to be what it was. Not, it's so much. Well, at least the it's not like a spiral I that I have to stare into or anything. There, yeah. there is there are some things that you can use as devices to help the mind, like the conscious mind kind of relax. But it's not as overt as that often at least the method that i i was trained under no pocket so, watches no no pocket I have, watches i have this ryan you're getting oh. very sleepy <laughs> honestly my, my add self would just stare at that for the whole interview if you left it swinging <laughs> um that's a beautiful thing you got there katie all right so yeah sorry keep going Lindsay. I'm yeah well no i mean derailed. it really um it really is as simple as having a conversation and and understanding how to guide the conversation in a way that relaxes the conscious mind to make the subconscious or the unconscious minds more suggestible. And the thing that was really helpful for me, and this is one thing that blows people's minds, is when you ask people if they know what the unconscious mind does or exists to do or has evolved to do, uh, they'll throw out all kinds of different answers and it really only exists for one purpose and that's survival and that is it so like what it is has the... go ahead yes yeah, so, so what is what is the unconscious mind and being able to unearth what is in the unconscious mind have to do with helping independent creators like how do you well, how do you how do you use that in your coaching practice because what happens when people start to understand that your unconscious mind exists only for your survival but our conscious mind attaches meaning to things that often are not realistic. So for example, if um, you're walking down the street and you hear a car skid and slam and rear end another car, and it kind of makes you jump because you're like, ah, eh, you know, is it, am I in danger's path? And at the same time, a bird, you know, flies in front of your face, total coincidence. But the two things happened at the same time, unconscious mind might attach a meaning that every time you hear that sound, you got to dodge a bird. <laughs> it's a silly example, right? But it's just an example of how our, our conscious mind will attach meanings to things that have no real logical connection. And so for creators, and I think Katie, you probably could speak to this too, I think a, a large majority of artists are people who, I mean, we've all as human beings had our levels, fair share of trauma and difficult circumstances. But I think creators are the, the population of people that want to use art to heal in a lot of ways and, and to work through that and to help other people work through that. And there's a lot of 
uh, connections often that artists have created that aren't logical, that keep them stuck in a certain repeating pattern or keep them stuck at just a certain level of success. And not that I'm a therapist that needs to go digging around in your past necessarily, but the thing that I love about hypnotherapy is that it doesn't require a ton of talk therapy. Like I don't have to know your past trauma. Um, I don't need to know, you know, why you feel a certain way, but I can help you decipher what behavioral patterns might be getting, you know, tripped up by that unconscious conscious mind connection that really, because when you're a child and your brain is developing, right? Like it has no sense of reason until you're like, your reason doesn't really come online until seven Hmm. and it, and it develops and your brain isn't fully done developing until you're almost 30 years of age. And so when you're a child, everything that happens to you, you accept as complete and utter truth. So if your mom yells at you because she got, you know, chewed out by her boss earlier that day at work and she's on edge, you think it's because of you and you have no context that it was mom at work who got chewed up by her boss. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So all these things that happen to us over the course of our lives, our, our conscious mind attaches a meaning to it. And we carry all this junk around. And then when we go to try to do something brave, like put a piece of art out into the world and have other people consume it, often those are the pieces that can hinder us. Mm. Um, so it's it's enjoyable to be able to help artists kind of work through that without needing to be a, a psychologist or a, a you know a therapist in that way. And how um, long does that yeah. process usually take? How long does it take you to unearth some of these subconscious thoughts and ideas in a session? Well, for me, um, it's not really about unearthing subconscious thoughts and ideas. It's really more about identifying behaviors. So someone Mm. might say, or I might notice with a client, Hey, we've, we've said that we were going to work on X, Y, Z and follow up next week. And then it doesn't get, you know, done and it doesn't get done. And we're noticing a behavior and there's something that's sabotaging and so at that point, then we can just focus on the behavior. Um, so I don't, again, I don't need to know why that's happening. Sometimes it's helpful to know. And if they want to share, they can, but we can focus on implanting new information into the unconscious mind through the tools of hypnotherapy without needing to do like deep dive talk therapy sessions. So it's a, it's a cool tool. And if you're really, really good um, you know, simple, you'll call it, you'll hear this in like therapy circles, like big trauma, big T and little trauma, little T for little T stuff. You can, you can get it knocked out in a session or two and really amazing hypnotherapists that have done this work for years can handle big T traumas in like five sessions or less. It's amazing what can be done. And then you're not paying a therapist for 10 years, you know, <laughs> talking about all your problems and thousands of dollars later, you know. So Me who really, loves to really talk cool would place. never shut up. It would just be an <laughs> right? endless loop. Oh, I spent so many years <laughs> in therapist's office. Pack my so brain instead. I know. Man. I know. That is, that's really, really cool, exciting stuff. I feel like I have so many of those kind of mental blocks as a creator and as a professional that like, it would just be really great to have somebody just plant an idea in my head, you know, to, you know, that that's whatever yeah. self-sabotaging belief you have that's keeping you from like promoting your stuff regularly. Like we're going to get that out and just yeah. move you forward. Yeah, so, sort of like the plot like of Inception. Like that's pretty yes. crazy. Yeah, totally. It's so cool. Um. All right. So what, one more thing I wanted to ask you about before we uh, talk a little bit about the six figure music business program, which does sound sure. very exciting, is another selfish request on my part, because I know you've spoken in the past about uh, how you effectively balance being a mom and being a professional in your field. And this is of consequence to me because I am now a new dad who is having, I am, who is having quite a time trying to balance being a dad and being a lawyer and being on the radio. Six months old. Okay. It will, it will pass. (laughs) <laughs> help uh, are, you're in the thick of it i am in the i'm in the trenches Lindsay you're kirkendall so trenches. help me how do we find the balance what 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 are we doing you don't, 
Oh, well, thanks. All right. Good night, no, everybody. I mean, that's actually the best. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best um, advice I can give you, though, is first of all, the first baby. I don't know if you plan on having more than one. The first baby is always like, what the absolute? I Can I curse on this show? <laughs> Fill in the blank. Because it's such a stark change from what you're used to. And the lack of sleep and just the, the, the it's a very demanding year. Um, and so. Year? Oh. <laughs> you're halfway through it though, buddy. Yeah, you're halfway oh, there. What are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets, it gets better and easier. And I promise you, everyone says it, it goes by so fast and you're going to turn around and, and miss those sleepless nights and that little fresh baby head on your shoulder. But the key for me is, um, is understanding that like, there's no real thing as balance in every season. There's a such thing as seasons. Mm. And this is an intense one and you're going to get through it. And, and the thing about being a parent and also a creative and also someone that runs a business, you know, and has a day job, professional life, um, it's a juggle, but if you can stay present, that's the thing It's just being present in the moment, understanding your capacity for certain things and not letting your mind run away with you and think that because I don't have the capacity for, creating a high amount of art right now that I never will. And I think for new first time parents, it kind of feels like it's over because it's such an intense change that you kind of can't see that it ever will be any different. But my boys are nine and 11. I mean, you guys, I had a freaking parent meeting today for my oldest son to be in seventh grade next year. Like he's going to be a junior oh. higher. It's like so sad, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, I have so much time freedom now, like so much time, so much time that I'm like, I would uh, give me another baby. Um, <laughs> like, Look, if you're, if you're volunteering, I'm just saying. I'll take him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, it's, it is a challenge to be able to do everything, but it is definitely something that ebbs and flows in seasons. And I think being a parent absolutely gives more richness and depth to the art that people create. Um, and I know for myself, just speaking in terms of understanding that some seasons you're not going to be able to do all of the stuff. And then those seasons I see as kind of cocooning seasons because you're going to get a lot of new information, new, like I said, depth and, and richness and layer and understanding about life that when your kid is old enough to give you your time back, you're going to have all of this new input. Um, and, and insight that you can use to inform your art. Oh, that is such good perspective. Thank you, <laughs> Lindsay. I, I, I legitimately feel so much better now. Please, if you could, tell us about the six-figure music business program that you've launched. Yeah. So we this will be, um, we're doing it a little bit differently this year because in the past we've launched it um, we've launched it three times and we've only done it like here's when we're doing it. It's a 12 week thing. But at this point, we're actually opening it up to open enrollment so people can join in any month, which makes it a lot easier on me, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> but we is what what the six figure music business plan exists to do is to function like an MBA for artists, because the one thing that music business schools really are missing the ball on, if I do say so myself, Katie and I, I think I've had this conversation before, mm -hmm. um, is that you either do music school or you do business school. And if you do music business school, you just learn about the record industry. And yes. so it doesn't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. And if you're going to be an independent artist, you got to be an entrepreneur and you need to under you need to have an understanding of business, how to create an offer, how to sell, how to, you know, think about all of those things. But the way that I've created the curriculum is that it is all of those things, but with the layer of being taught by an artist who understands how to infuse the artistry into business and how to help artists really understand how to build and develop their brand and, not just like, oh, this is a really beautiful way of picking out your brand colors. Like, no, we're talking about who are you? Like the first 30 days I make people do 
lots of different types of personality tests. They even do a wealth building personality assessment where they identify what their wealth building personality profile is so they can get a sense of what the types of activities they need to be doing in order to most easily generate revenue. And I know when I first um, was backstage, you guys were talking about, and I like, I was like, oh, we are of one mind, the three of us, but <laughs> really helping artists understand what are the other components of your personality and who you are as a person that you can infuse and, and also monetize. Like, what are, what's your second favorite thing? You know, what are the things that there is an actual economy for? And then also understanding an artist's circumstances, because some artists are like me and their parents and they have a professional life. And how do you juggle all those things? Some some artists are single and self-funded by a wealthy investor or family member. You know, some artists are single and, and self-funding and hustling and doing the side jobs. You know, there's so many different circumstances that artists find themselves in that building a business also has to fit in their circumstances as well as direct them to where they want to go with their goals. So that is in a nutshell, the six figure music business plan and what it exists to do. So we basically in 12 weeks, we take them from where they're at now to having a full, fully built out offer that they can start to sell to their audience and, and something that is scalable. So it's not just like, oh, I'm doing this one thing this one time but it's something they actually can build a business on the back of that will get them towards their financial goals. And where can people go if they want to learn more about it? So the best way to learn more about it is just to hit me up on Instagram. Um, I, we do have the six figure music business. I think I sent you the link, um, but easiest way is I can just send them the link for all the info. If they just want to connect with me over there on Instagram. Absolutely. If, if you want, you can uh, just th throw whatever links you have in the chat and we'll make sure those make it into the show description so people yep. can check out this program. And of course, you can find out more about all the cool things that Lindsay's doing by checking out lindsaykirkendall.com. Lindsay, before we let you go, one last question for you. Sure. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Mm. That's such a broad question, Ryan. That's hard. Um, I would say my best tip is just to get really, really clear on what it is that you want out of your career. And if you're <laughs> snaps <laughs> and if you're if you're saying that you like if your answer comes out as something that sounds like I just want to make an impact with my music you're being way too freaking vague. Hmm. So, you know, if it were an artist that I was talking to one-to-one -one and they gave me a, a response like that, I would say, why? And I would keep asking why until they got really clear on the foundation of what it is that's motivating them to do this. So if you don't have, um, you know, the opportunity to chat with somebody that will be willing to ask you why, ask why to yourself until you get a really granular, detailed understanding that's as, as um, specific as I'm doing this because I want to, you know, make $5,000 a month on the side so I can eventually invest in, you know, Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's very specific. <laughs> but that would be what what I would suggest is making sure that your goals are, are super specific because with, with artists, we're so big and we're so, we so easily go over into the realm of dreamland. And I say this because I am so guilty of this and it's hindered me for a long time because I didn't have a North star. And so I didn't know where I was headed. And so all the decisions that I was making I didn't know if they were the right ones that were actually going to move me towards my ultimate, you know, desired destination. So if you're, if you're saying something like, I just want to make an impact, or I just want my music to be heard. It's like, that's not going to ultimately be satisfying or fulfilling enough to keep you motivated to stick with the inevitable challenges that you will face in this crazy ass industry. <laughs> and it's hard to figure out what your what is until you figure out what your why is. Yeah, and that's absolutely. Uh, you know, for somebody who initially was uh, a little freaked out by how open-ended my question was, you did a pretty <laughs> good job answering. Good. 
Lindsay, it's as always, it is a treat having you on the show. Please don't let as much time go by uh, between our next visit. Anytime you want to come back and join us again, we'd be thrilled to have you. I am so glad. And I think I'm a fellow Floridian now, right? You're in Miami. Yes, indeed. See, last time we talked, I was in Nashville. Katie wasn't in Nashville yet. Yeah, I was in New York. We're just like, just, we're circling around the track. You're all bouncing around <laughs> except for me, who's just always here. Yeah. Where okay, in Florida are you? Lindsay, do you go to the beach being in Florida? <laughs> All the time. Okay, because I was just talking to Ryan before the show. He doesn't go to the beach. He's he one of those weird people. I said, how dare you live Wait, in Florida? Wait, Ryan, are you from Florida, though? Like, did you grow up in Florida? Born and raised. That's, That's why he doesn't why. go to the beach. Yeah, Thank you. Apparently. <laughs> As I told her before the show, look at my pasty self. You don't. You don't achieve this level of pasty by In being Florida. a regular beachgoer. Yeah. I said I moved from New York to landlocked Tennessee, and this summer I was like, tr like dying to get to a beach and then he's yeah. telling me he lives in miami and he never goes i was personally offended yeah so now <laughs> that you live in nashville though have you noticed the mass exodus to destin that happens every year or is that have well you not noticed that yet that's I like the nashville it? beach not necessarily did i do it yes yes I did. because i literally spent several months like i need to get to a beach and then finally i finessed it like the last week of august i went to yeah. a beach yeah. <laughs> it's the 30a is like oh, that's where nashville goes to go to the beach but i love that ryan i am actually in the bradenton sarasota area oh a so, lovely area yeah. indeed we were in miami in march of last year and it was oh. amazing next it's time such you're a in cool city. our neck of the woods please let us know i love, will love to hang out high five you in person yeah <laughs> um our thanks to you Lindsay kirkendall thanks to you as well katie zaccardi and thanks as always to producer lauren for keeping the show running and much love to all you viewers and listeners for checking out break the business we'll see you next week thanks for having me